0: Our lives are made up of thousands of different moments that we get to experience and live through. Some of those moments are really big ones and you remember them forever, like the day you got married or the day your child was born or maybe the day you finally passed your driver's test and got your license. There are some moments that we live through that are wonderful and happy ones, like going on vacation or having the family over for Thanksgiving. There are other moments in life that are difficult, that are hard ones, like a relationship coming to an end or losing a job or experiencing the death of a loved one. You know, most of the moments in life, of the thousands and thousands of moments that we live through, most of them are honestly pretty normal. They're not exciting or overly memorable. You get up in the morning and have a cup of coffee, take the kids to school, go to work, come home, make dinner, do the dishes, go to bed, get up the next day, and do it all over again. And one of the things that's true is when it comes to all the moments and all the experiences that we have in life, that at the end of the day, there will probably never be a time where every single detail of your life is exactly the way you want it. In fact, I'll say it this way, first slide, that there will always be something that could take away your joy, right? If you let it, there will always be something in our lives that can take away our joy. In high school, that's true. In your college years, this is true. In your working years, this is true. Haven't got there yet, but I've heard in your retirement years, this is true. There will always be something that can take away your joy. Uh, Even if some point you experience the greatest pay raise you've ever had in your life, there will be something in that new season that can take away your joy. If you're single, there are things that can take away your joy. When and if you get married, there will be things that can take away your joy. There will always be things that if we let it, can take away our joy, and lead us, well, to grumble and complain. There's been plenty to complain about, right, during COVID. (laughs) But I have a sneaking suspicion, if we could remember back that far, that there was things to complain about before that too, right? Why is this? Well, a couple things. One, we live in a messed up, sin-filled world. Make no mistake, the world you and I experience, the life that you and I live, while wonderful, and there's absolutely things we're thankful for, it is not the perfect world that God intended, that sin tainted it, sin messed it up, so much so that before Jesus left this earth, he told his disciples, understand, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. And and then the other thing to keep in mind is that we more easily focus on the negative. That, that there's something in us because we have sin in us too that gravitates towards the negative. Like there could be a hundred good things about your week or your year, but it's so easy for us to get super focused and hyper focused on the one thing or, or the two things or whatever it might be. And this Thanksgiving, I don't know how your year went. I don't know if you came here today with a whole lot to be thankful for. I don't know if it was a good year or a bad year. It it was a challenging year for all of us in certain ways. But here's what I want you to know, and then we're going to talk about it. That no matter how your year was, there is always a reason to be thankful there's always a reason to have gratitude. And, and I want you to know, for those of you who are right now going through something that's really on your heart, really on your mind, something big, which some of us are, this is not a message that is from make-believe land that I'm going to encourage you that you shouldn't have a bad day ever and that things don't happen in this sinful world that, um, you know, you can just smile all the time. No, Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, "'There is a season to weep and a season to rejoice. There's a season to mourn and a season to dance.'" This is not that message, and that's not biblical. Even Jesus wept. But in the midst of it, in the midst of the tears or the smiles, in the midst of the good days or the bad days, in the midst of the mountaintops or the valleys, there can always be in our hearts and in our lives this foundation of thank you, of gratitude, that gratitude can be for a Christian the emotion that guides them and directs them every single day. And to take a look at that, I want to um, talk with you about a first century pastor we talk a lot about here because he wrote most of the New Testament. His name is Paul. Paul, I would say, is somewhat of an expert on thoughts about gratitude, of course, inspired by God. He had some pretty strong statements to talk or to share when it came to thankfulness. I want to just go through a few of them real quick with you right now. Um, To the Thessalonian Christians, he wrote, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in the midst or in all circumstances. Thanksgiving and gratitude, the, the heart of gratitude underneath is not dependent on the circumstances of life. Again, circumstances affect us, but gratitude remains Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Or Philippians chapter 2, do everything without grumbling or arguing. And I couldn't continue it, but it goes on to say, including chores, children. Um, No, it doesn't say that. But everything, everything without grumbling, so it's obviously implied. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always, always, always. Every season, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. And as you read these words and think about Paul, you, you, must, you might be thinking, well, Paul must have had a pretty charmed life. A guy that must have not had a, a whole lot going wrong in his life. He probably didn't understand what it's like to struggle. Here's what I'd say to you. If you were to put your struggles in life up against Paul's, I don't know that any single one of us could say that we've experienced a more challenging life than Paul. He's right up there. In fact, listen to how he kind of summarizes his life. This guy who says, give thanks in all circumstances. He says, five times in my life I received from the Jews, this is a flogging, the 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. "'Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. "'I think by the third time "'I wouldn't have gotten on the ship anymore. "'I spent a night and a day in the open sea. "'I've been constantly on the move. "'I've been in danger from rivers, "'in danger from bandits, "'in danger from my fellow Jews, "'in danger from Gentiles, "'in danger in the city, "'in danger in the country, "'in danger at sea, "'and in danger from false believers.' I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and I have been naked. There was a lot that Paul could complain about. And yet in spite of all that, he says, give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances. And the way that we are able to give thanks, the reason why is something that we could spend an entire message series on. But tonight, I just want to get at the very heart of it with some words from this same Paul that he wrote in Second Corinthians chapter 4. Here's what he says. He says that, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Paul's not just talking about a little bit of thanks. In those last verses, he talks about um, the type of thanksgiving that grace, God's undeserved love, can give. It's like, this is Paul, and this is all the thanks that he has in his life. And as he thinks about the thanks he has because of grace, it just overflows in his life. He can't contain it all, that thanksgiving that is due to God's undeserved love through Jesus. You see, you got to know this about Paul, too. He, he had a past, Before he was preaching to Christians in his life, he was murdering them. And then Jesus showed up on the road to Damascus and totally changed his life. And it wasn't his circumstances. We went through that already. His circumstances actually, after becoming a Christian, got worse. but something deeper and something longer lasting changed. You see, it was grace that led God to send Jesus for people like Paul and like you and like me. Paul was overflowing in thanks because of grace because it was grace that led Jesus to go to the cross to be our substitute so that we wouldn't someday have to suffer what he suffered on the cross, but instead we can look forward to the future. It was grace that allows God, undeserved love that allows him to not just tolerate us or put up with us, but in fact that he would call us part of his family, Grace is what ensures, grace is what causes there to be thanksgiving and gratitude in spite of whatever circumstances we might be going through. That there can be an underlying level of gratitude and grace. Here's what I'd say about grace grace gives hope where there should be no hope, grace gives peace where there shouldn't be any peace. Grace gives life where there should have only been death, where there should be no life. And because of the grace of Jesus, what do we have to look forward to by faith? Let's go back to verse 14. It says, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Some of you already know this and some of you are newer, but what the Bible teaches and what God talks about is on, on the last day, there's going to be a resurrection from the dead. That all those who have put their faith in Jesus, whether uh, you know, people you know and millions you don't, By faith in Jesus will be raised from the dead and on that day they will be given, you will be given a brand new body which will not have to endure the aches and pains of getting old, will not have to endure cancer, will not have to endure COVID, will not have to endure dementia. There will be no more mourning or crying or pain. But instead there will only be joy Peace as we experience the hope that He, that God has promised to us. And that is something today you can look forward to. That is something, a reunion with people that you love, that is no longer sitting next to you, that you can enjoy someday, that you can look forward to. And you know what? What you are going to receive, well, it can cause thanksgiving to overflow. Let me me give you an example of this. And I don't know how often um, this happens anymore because so much is online, but up until at least a couple years ago, um, on Black Friday, certain stores had amazing deals where people would actually go and um, set up tents the day before. Uh, I think that's my, no, I've never never done this before, for an awesome deal on a TV or a computer or the newest gaming system, whatever it might be, um, this is one thing I, I, I had to show this picture to. Some guy didn't bring a tent. He just set up his blow-up mattress. And uh, that, I mean, that's next level to just not, you know, be exposed to the elements and people walking by and everything. And I have to imagine this isn't very comfortable, whether you're in a tent or not, sleeping on the floor or sleeping on a blow-up mattress. And yet, while they're there, especially if they're in the front of the line, as they're uncomfortable experiencing the circumstances of that night, do you, do you know what they're also are? They also are thankful. Because they're in the front of the line. They know that they're getting a great deal on a brand new TV. And some of you are like, so what? And I agree with you. I don't know. I'll pay a little extra and not have to sleep in a tent. But but even though the illustration limps, it, it still helps you to understand. As we live our lives on this earth, it's like Paul talks about, it's like sleeping in a tent. And it's gonna be uncomfortable. And there are gonna be problems. And there are going to be seasons that you never want to do over and that there are seasons you are still grieving through. But even in the midst of sleeping in a tent, you can be, as it says, thankful. You can be thankful because you know there is something way better and way longer lasting than a brand new TV. There is something waiting for you by grace that lasts forever and ever and ever and ever. And when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't promise every day is going to be smiles, but he gave us a reason for every day to be filled with thanks. You see, you have something to look forward to. You have something to be thankful for. No matter who you are, whether you are in one of your lowest moments of your life today, or on the mountaintop, the tears may still be there, the smiles on the opposite end, opposite side might still be there, but there is always the opportunity. For thankful. And so then this is how Paul ends it these verses. He says, Therefore, don't lose heart. Though outwardly, physically, we're wasting away, yet inwardly, we're being renewed by the Holy Spirit day by day for our light troubles. Light. They don't feel light. Well, light in comparison to the enormous sea or how big the blessings are going to be, light compared to that, and momentary, they don't seem like it's short. Well, you know what? Our lives, 80 years compared to forever, they're temporary, they're momentary, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's your application today. Paul says it. Fix your eyes. Do you know that if you were to come into my office, I should probably get this, you know, sort of uh, approved or uh, confirmed by my coworkers. But generally speaking, my office tends to be, you know, pretty clean, pretty in place. But but if you were to go into my office um, and fix your eyes on trying to find dust, you'll find it. If you go into my office and it's generally pretty clean looking for some you know, clutter on my desk, you'll find it. You see, as we go through life, the truth is you'll find what you're looking for. And if you're pessimistic and looking for negativity and looking for things that aren't right, there, as we said before, there will always be things that take away our joy. But if we can understand overflowing thanks that is a part of grace and then see how God forgives me in the midst of my biggest failures and sins, God strengthens me in the midst of my weakest moments if I were just to remember to turn to him instead of to rely on myself, when we realize that eternity is coming, and that the future is amazing, there will always be reason to be thankful. Always. I don't need to hear your story. I'd love to hear it, but I don't need to. There's still a reason to be thankful. There are thousands of moments that we get to experience and live through in our lives. Some are great, some are hard, some are joy-filled, and some are, well, forgettable. But in the midst of everyone, I encourage you to choose thankful.